What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week 12 of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2017-2018 NFL season, and being done one day too late. I shouldn't say one day too late, it's just one day later than we've normally done them this season, and even last season. I really like getting the episode out on Tuesday, right on the tail end of the previous week, that's the way that I like to do it. Couldn't do it yesterday because of scheduling problems, so we're doing it Wednesday morning, old school, because Wednesday used to be the day that I would get my show out in previous years. And if you thought, oh, I bet he's waiting the extra day because he's got to lick his wounds, eh, you've, you're kind of right. Can't exactly say that we had a banner week 11. We went 9 and 5 straight up in the picks, which look, there's nothing wrong with 9 and 5. You always like to get to that double digits, but there's nothing wrong at the end of the day with 9 and 5. That 9 and 5 has me 103 up and 57 down straight up on the season. The betting picks did not do very well. Against the spread, I was only 5, 8, and 1. We pick up our sixth push of the season. So only 5, 8, and 1. That has me 79, 75, and 6 against the spread. That is not good enough. It's not where I want to be. Sure, it's above 500, but barely. And after 11 weeks, I should be more than barely above 500 against the spread. Over under, we took another dive, another downturn. Only 5 and 9 last week. That has a 70 up, 88 down with two pushes over under on the season. Again, as go the rest of the picks for the week, so tend to go the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from week 11. We went 3-1 and one straight up with them. Against the spread, we only went 2-2, two and two, and over under, we missed them all. I'm pretty sure that's the first week this season that I've missed all of the picks over under or against the spread, but this time we whiffed on all the over unders. Bronze pick, I told you to go New Orleans over Washington. It took overtime, but they did it 34-31, to 31, coming back from, I believe, two scores down in that game to win. It was an against-the-spread loss. I told you to go New Orleans, minus 7.5. I thought they could cover that. Gave up a few too many points, few more than I thought they would, so they don't. And, of course, over-under loss. I told you to stay under 51 points. Silver pick worked out. Jacksonville beating Cleveland. Told you to take that. They win that game 19-7. to It wasn't against the spread win. I told you to go Jacksonville. Minus 7.5 points. They beat them by, what, 12? So that works out. Over-under loss. Told you to go over 37.5. And they only get to 26. Gold pick was a win. Philadelphia over Dallas. Philadelphia crushes Dallas in a division matchup. 37-9. to The Cowboys are in a complete tailspin right now. It was an against-the-spread win. I told you to go Philly, minus 3.5. I don't know why the line was that low. But, of course, over-under loss because I told you to go over 48.5 points and they only get to 46. So, at least that was close. But the platinum pick, after being so hot for so many weeks, swing and a miss because, for some reason, Kansas City is a bad football team. Kansas City loses to the New York Giants 12 to 9 in overtime. That has to be one of, if not the weirdest game of the season. Wasn't against the spread losses. Hey, I told you to go Kansas City minus 10 and a half in this game, which they should have covered relatively easily, even with how wonky their defense has been. But hey, they lost the game straight up. And over under, I told you to go over 44 and a half points, and they get to 21. 
So look, No Way to Sugarcoat It was kind of a mediocre week. We're going to start getting better now. We need to get better now. The bye weeks are over, which means it's 16-game slates straight through to the end of the season. And this is where you really need to turn on the Jets and you really need to show what you're made of. That's what we're going to start doing this week. Taking a peek over at the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for Season 6 of my show and Year 4 of Hatbox's Pool. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, I remain in 3rd place out of 35 managers, 877 out of 1,250 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 70%, and that is a championship clip. I am right there with the other leaders in this league. We're right there. It's a really tight matchup up at the top. In week 11, I was only able to bring in 73 out of 105 possible confidence points, but that in and of itself is also a clip of 70%, so championship clip. Shout out to our week 11 winner, Mr. Irrelevant, who went 12-2 and two in week 11. Incredible. Do you mind if we trade? No, 12-2 and two in week 11, which was excellent, 87 out of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 83%, and it was good enough to win the week. More than a Thielen has stepped in and retaken the overall lead from 69 King. More than a Thielen now 106 and 54 on the season, 888 out of 1,250 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 71%, and it's slightly better than what I consider to be a championship clip in this league. By the way, folks, I just took a sip of my watermelon oolong tea from Nerd Teas, and it's fantastic. Peeking over to the Hatbox pool, I'm now tied for fifth place. I had been in fifth place all alone, now tied for fifth place, out of 38 managers with my 103 straight up correct picks out of the 160 games played so far this season. That's a clip of 64%. We'd like to be closer to 70, but we'll certainly take 64. Week 11, obviously, where I went 9-5, and five, got 9 of the 14 games correct. That is a clip of 64%, and it's right on even with my pace so far this season. Shout out to our Week 11 winner, Plug Uglies. Plug Uglies also went 12-2, just like Mr. Irrelevant, so getting 12 of the 14 games correct is a clip of 86%. Excellent week, good enough to win week 11. We don't have a new overall leader in this pool, but we do now have a tie at the top. Rel Eagles Fly has been caught by Team Avatar 112. Those two each have 110 correct straight-up picks this season that's a clip of 69 percent and that's where you want to be at this point in the season you want to be close to that 70 percent straight up and that's sort of really in your wheelhouse there that's where you want to be so shout out to mr irrelevant and plug uglies for winning week 11 in the bridgewater's finest and hatbox pools and shout out to more than a tealin for being the new overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, Rel Eagles Fly for remaining the overall leader in the Hatbox Pool, and Team Avatar 112 for coming up and tying for the lead in the Hatbox Pool. Let's take a dip now into Fantasy Corner and see how my four fantasy football teams did in Week 11 action. It was an okay week, ended up going 2-2. Two and two. In the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, the league that I am the commissioner of, picked up the win in Week 11 over Tim Brashear, Tim's crazy team. That has me at 8-3 and three and in second place all alone in that league. 
in the Progs League, the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. I lost to Geo Knows Fantasy. Geo had an incredible week this week. Has an excellent team. Dark Horse, if he can get into the playoffs, he's going to do some damage. So I lost to Geo. That has me at 8-3, and three, but I remain in first place as Jackalopes also lost last week. So I'm still sitting in first place. In week 12, in the Professionals League, I have a matchup with the Tomorrowland Movers. That's Chris Carter, Hatbox Kid, fellow NFL YouTube prog. That's a projected loss for me. And in week 12 in the Progs League, I have a matchup against Chalupa Batman. That is also a projected loss for me, but I believe I beat Chalupa earlier in the season. But right now, they're both projected losses for me, so I've got my work to do. Thank you, Tim and Gio, for the matchups in week 11 and in week 12 chris chalupa here we go and i'll take this opportunity as always to remind you that if you go to the description of the youtube video and the description the information area in the itunes and soundcloud files you're going to find all of my results from week 11 all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 12 in the nfl you're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for Season 6 of my show and Year 4 of Chris's Pool. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. We talk football all damn week. Make sure you get on there. There's tons of great conversation happening. All your favorite progs are there. Basically all our videos in one great place. Make sure that you join up. You're going to find information on subscribing to the Hatbox Nation YouTube channel. I finally got a parlay correct this week. Sure, it was only two picks. Don't ruin my moment. I finally got a parlay correct. So, obviously what that means is I am the king of parlays. No, I'm not. But... Make sure you subscribe to Hatbox Nation. We are obviously now moving in the right direction, so we're going to start picking up steam. Make sure you subscribe. You're also going to find information on NerdTees, nerdtees.ca. Use the promo code BWFINEST, and you're going to save 15% at checkout. Free shipping in Canada, over $50 on your order. And you're also going to find the link to my Movember fundraising page, only a couple of weeks, only about a week and a little bit now left in November. Help me get to my goal of $200 raised for prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's mental health, suicide prevention. It's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing that I do every year. Mobro.co slash Bridgewater's Finest. As I mentioned a little earlier, no such thing as a bye week anymore. Full 16-game slates from here on out to the end of the regular season. The playoff picture is starting to become a little less fuzzy, although every team is still mathematically alive, which totally blows my mind. But there's, there's some things starting to take shape. Let's take a look at Week 12. Here's something I'm going to start doing before we get into the picks every week. We're going to take a look at the playoff picture, because why not? NFL.com is making that easy for us now. Right now, if the playoffs started today, you would have in the AFC on wildcard weekend a 3v6 matchup of the Jags playing host to the Ravens, a 4v5 matchup of the Chiefs playing host to the Titans with the Steelers and Patriots on bye. In the NFC, you'd have a 3v6 matchup. Imagine this, Saints-Falcons, home game for the Saints, what a game that would be 
on Wild Card Weekend. And a 4v5 matchup of the Rams playing host to the Panthers with the Eagles and the Vikings on by. And again, it's shocking to me that the Browns and the 49ers and the Giants and the Broncos and the Colts and the Bears are still mathematically alive. Let's get started in Detroit now in a game that will very likely, even though it's only week 12, very likely go a long way to deciding who wins the NFC North. You got the Lions playing host to the 8-2 division-leading Vikings. Both of these teams are coming into this game hot. Both teams are on win streaks of at least three games. The Vikings have won six in a row after starting the season two and two. They're now up to eight and two. The offense is clicking. The defense head and shoulders, the best defense in that division. One of the best defenses across the NFC. The Vikings playing incredible football right now. Again, the Lions hanging around, 6-4. and four. They're getting it done. Average margin of victory is about four points. Again, three-game win streak. One of their problems this season, weirdly enough, has been playing at home. Three of their four losses have come on home turf. The Lions are undefeated in the division right now at 3-0, but this will clearly be their toughest test of the season. Again, if you're the Detroit Lions, it's all well and good to be a really good road team, but man, you have got to get it done on home turf. Thus far, they just haven't been able to do it. And Minnesota, they're 3-1 and one on the road. They've won two of their three division games. They're 6-1 and one within the NFC. I think I like the Vikes in this one. So that's the way we're going to go. We're going to go Minnesota in Detroit to beat the Lions. On the line, though, Detroit are a three-point underdog at home. And boy, I really feel like this is going to be an incredibly close game. It could literally be a field goal at the end of the game that decides this thing. And I really feel like going Detroit plus three simply because they are the home dog. It's a division matchup. Anything can happen. Detroit is more than capable of winning this football game. I think maybe if it was under the field goal, I would just kind of take Minnesota because I think they're going to win. But where it's exactly the field goal, the push possibility does exist. I think I'm going to go Detroit plus three in this one and hedge my bets because I could be totally off base, of course, with the Lions. They could win this game outright. Let's go Detroit plus three. Total in this game is 44 and a half points. The two teams are a combined 12 and 8 over under this season. They both went under last week, which means they went into their games last week at 12 and 6. Total's 44 and a half. It's two pretty good offenses. Detroit's defense has kind of been up and down this season. Minnesota's has been great, but I'm more than comfortable saying that Detroit's going to score their points in this game. Let's go over the number. We're going to go over 44.5 points in Minnesota, Detroit. Let's go to Dallas now where the Cowboys seem like they've completely fallen off the wagon here. Two straight losses. They're down to 5-5. Five and five. There's basically no way in hell that they're going to catch the Eagles at this point. I figure if the Eagles win one more game, it's, it's done. The Eagles have won the division. It may not be official, but if they get to 10 wins, and especially if Dallas loses this week... I would say the margin for error here is virtually none. They're a completely different team without Zeke Elliott. And I know I've said this a couple times, and that's what every hack is saying, talking about this team. It's not just that. It's not just that Zeke Elliott gives them a run game. 
It's that the threat of Zeke Elliott gives Dak Prescott a better passing game. Dak Prescott's not the same quarterback without Zeke Elliott. It's it's just truth. Now look, Des Bryant has been playing better lately, but it's just not the same offensive attack. Again, Dallas, they're going to be at home this week facing off with the Chargers team. Chargers won their last game. That has them up to four and six. Chargers kind of quietly statistically speaking, have the best defense in that division. And it's not particularly close. The Chiefs are second place, having given up 220 points. Chargers have only given up 196. So that's, you know, that's 24 points across 10 games. So it's not particularly close. Statistically speaking, Chargers are playing some pretty good defense. The Chargers' problem is they can't seem to close out those tight games with any kind of consistency. They can do it once in a while, but if they're in a close game, they're just snake-bitten, and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's Philip Rivers or if it's just the culture around the team where if they're playing a tight game, there's just no confidence that they're going to win. It's entirely possible. Chargers only 2-3 and three on the road. Cowboys are only 2-3 and three at home. In my opinion, this has to be the game where the Dallas Cowboys stand up and say, this is what we are as a football team. We're not just one player. And I, I get it. It's it's arguably the best running back in football. I, I, I get that. That conversation, by the way, between him and Le'Veon Bell, that can happen now. Like, that's, that, that's a conversation that can be had. It, it, they have to say... They have to prove, they don't can't just say, they have to prove, in fact, that they are more than just one player. Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, he's got to show it. The offensive line is a good offensive line, they've got to show it. The rest of the offense is a good offense, they've got to show it. The defense needs to step up and say, we're not as crappy as Justin's been saying we've been all season. They need to show that, and if they can you can salvage something from this season. Dallas is far from out of the race for the wild card. They're what they're like a game back of of the of the number 6 seed. So I mean, they're not out of this yet. Dallas could still be a playoff team. And if Dallas can get there, they get Zeke back, anything can happen. In order for that to happen, they have to win this game. They cannot lose at home to a sub 500 team. They can't do it. If they do it, the season's basically done. You cannot do that if you're Dallas this week. I think Dallas is a desperate football club. Maybe I'm talking myself into this, but I like the Cowboys at home this week. Let's take Dallas at home to beat the Chargers. On the line, Dallas a one-point dog at home in this game. That is incredible. But what's more incredible is I totally see why the line is the way that it is. It doesn't surprise me in any way. It's just... This is where we're at in 2017 with the Dallas Cowboys. They're a one-point dog at home. I'm going to tell you to take Dallas plus one because I like them to win the game. Total in this game is 48 points. The two teams are a combined 9 and 11 over under this season. They split last week. I think you can safely stay under on this number. We don't really know what we're going to get from the Cowboys offense. The Chargers have been playing really good defense this season. Chargers offense is fine, not incredible, but not terrible. 48 is a high number for me, so let's stay under 48 points in Chargers-Cowboys. Let's go to Washington now, battle of the NFC East, the Washington Redskins, playing host to the New York Giants. Speaking of teams that aren't quite out of it yet, 
you got to look at the Washington Redskins. They're two games back right now of the number six seed or the projected number six seed in the NFC. So two games back, you've got plenty of time. That is far from insurmountable. Redskins are not out of this thing yet. It would help if they weren't on a two-game losing streak and one and four in their last five. You have the New York Giants. Everybody looks at it like, oh, the Giants, what a terrible season. Oh, the injuries, blah, blah, blah. In their last five games, the Giants are playing better than the Redskins are. They're two and three. Granted, that means both of their wins on the season have come in the last five games, but that's going in the right direction, no? I feel like Sterling Shepard has been picking it up as basically now the marquee part of this pass offense. Evan Ingram has been playing solid. Orleans Darkwa has stepped into basically, I would say, the undisputed number one role on that team. So there's things to be happy about if you're the New York Giants and think about what's going to happen next season if you still have these players going in the upward direction and then you get back what you've lost. Way too early playoff prediction for the 2018 season. I think the Giants are a playoff team next year. Both of these teams are winless inside this division. Redskins at 0-3, Giants at 0-2. But again, the Redskins, you've got to look at the Redskins. And if you're the Redskins, you have to say, look, we have to be a desperate team because we're not out of this yet. We're a better team than what we have shown on the football field. I understand they just lost Chris Thompson. This is the absolute right time for, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Samajay Pirine or Perrine, for him, that guy, that guy with the weird name, to step up. And he is going to have every opportunity in the world here down the stretch to take over the number one spot in the Redskins backfield. He's talented enough to do it. With Chris Thompson not there, he's more than talented enough to do it. I think he does. I kind of like the Redskins in this game. It helps that they're at home for sure. If this game was in New York, I would probably take the Giants. But the Redskins, like the Cowboys, desperate team. They have to play desperate in order to pick up the win this week. I think they do. Let's take Washington at home to beat the Giants. On the line, Washington favored by seven points at home. Do not take that. We're going to go Giants plus seven. Interesting to note, and again, this works out this way, the Giants are 2-0 and against the spread as an underdog of seven points or more. And that's what they are in this game. Washington has been a favorite by seven points or more only once this season. They lost that game against the spread and it came at home. This is going to be a tight game. Take Washington straight up, but take the Giants plus seven on the line. Who knows? They could come up and win this game. Total in this game is 44 and a half points. The two teams are 12 and eight over under this season. They split last week. I think this game can go over because I expect better things, decent things from the Redskins offense and the Giants offense is maybe kind of trending in the right direction here. Washington by no means an impregnable defense. 44 and a half, middling number. Let's go over 44 and a half in Giants Redskins. Let's go to Cincinnati now. Battle of the basement dwellers in the AFC North. Bengals playing host to the Cleveland Browns. I shouldn't have to say too much about this game. Cincinnati all day. They've got the slightly better offense. They've got the much better defense. They are not out of it yet. Again, we take a look at the playoff picture and the wildcard teams are five and five and six and four. 
So the Bengals, they're only one game out of a wildcard spot right now. This season is not over with. Cleveland, obviously, 10-game losing streak. Cincinnati won last time out, so they're kind of moving in the right direction. They're not out of it. They're not even out of second place in this division. They're only a game behind Baltimore, and Baltimore, I think, has a relatively, maybe a bit of a trap game, a tougher matchup this week against Houston. This is a game that Cincinnati needs. It's a game that Cincinnati's going to get. Take the Bengals at home to beat the Browns. On the line, Cincinnati favored by eight points in this game. I don't think Cincinnati's offense has done anything to justify the fact that they're an eight-point favorite in this game, except the fact that they're playing the Browns, and the Browns will make, even though their defense is arguably the stronger part of their team, their defense will make your offense look better. And I think that's what they're going to do against Cincinnati this week. The two teams know each other incredibly well. Cincinnati is at least 500 against the spread this season at 5-5. Five and five. In the last six head-to-head matchups between these two, Cincinnati has won by at least these eight points. So take Cincinnati minus eight on the line. Total in this game is 38 points. The two teams are a combined 8-12 and 12 over under. They both went under last week. I was kind of trending towards taking the over in this one, but look, Cincinnati's defense is going to be able to shut Cleveland down in this one. I'm going to tell you to go under on it because I have no idea what we're going to get from Cleveland on the offensive side. Let's go under 38 points in Cleveland, Cincinnati. Let's go to Indianapolis now for a matchup that would have been much more interesting had the Colts had their actual starting quarterback, the Colts playing host to the Tennessee Titans. Both of these teams lost last time out, but you look at the Titans, they've won four of their last five games. It's two teams going in exact opposite directions. Titans four and one in their last five, Colts one and four. Tough to be a good home team when you're only three and seven. Worth pointing out, two of the three Colts wins have come at home. Tennessee has won two of their five road games. Tennessee two and one inside the division. Colts are only one and two. This would be a supremely confident pick, of course, if this game was in Tennessee. It's not. It's in Indianapolis, but I still like the Titans here on the road to go into Indy and beat the Colts. Let's take the Titans on the road to beat Indianapolis. On the line, the Colts are a three and a half point dog at home, which is indicative of how unconfident Vegas is in this game. People must be considering this a trap game, and I can understand why they might look at it that way. You're looking at against the spread. The Colts are actually 4-1 and one against the spread at home. Tennessee is only 1-4 and four against the spread on the road. But this is also a rematch of Week 7, so at least fairly recent memory. In Week 7, Tennessee won that game 36-22 in Tennessee. This is very clearly a good football team versus not a good football team. You got them by less than a touchdown. We're going to take Tennessee minus three and a half at Indianapolis. Total in this game is 44 points. The two teams are combined 13 and seven over under this season. They've split their last two, one going over, one going under. I think you can pretty safely go over 44 in this one. I think Tennessee is going to have an excellent game. This could be a great game, by the way, for Derrick Henry, because if Tennessee gets out to a big lead early, you're going to see a ton of Derrick Henry. Could be one of those games where the Titans have two rushers go over 100 yards, because I don't expect the Colts' run defense to stand up to Tennessee's run offense. If the Colts do anything right on defense, it is the run defense. Just don't think it's going to hold up. So we're going to go over the 44-point total in Tennessee, Indianapolis. 
Let's go to Kansas City now where the Chiefs mercifully get to come home and have a home date with the Buffalo Bills, a very unconfident team right now, kind of in disarray, like that that quarterback, the choice to move off of Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say, I knew that was a bad decision all along. I don't have any confidence in Tyrod Taylor. He's a better quarterback than I give him credit for, but I still don't have confidence in him. But as Nathan Peterman proved, he is nowhere near ready to be a quarterback playing in a National Football League football game. The Chiefs, after starting the season so hot, I believe, what, they started 5-0? and Something like that? I believe they've lost four of their last five games. I think those numbers work out. Four of their last five games. They've lost two in a row. These Chiefs are reeling. This division should be done. This division should be done. The Chiefs should be about 8-2 and two right now. And we're not talking about the fact that they're only leading this division by two games over the Chargers. But this division is not done. This division is still there. It's still available. It's only two games. We've got, what, five, six weeks to go? This is That's more than doable for the Chargers or the Raiders that are right behind them. Luckily, I think this is an excellent matchup. The Buffalo Bills defense has completely imploded on itself, especially in the last few games. I got a number to give you when we talk about the spread that's going to blow your freaking mind about how bad the Bills defense is playing lately. We're going to take Kansas City here all day. It would have been in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze if I had any faith in the Chiefs' defense, but I don't. In that case, we're going to take Kansas City at home to beat the Bills. On the line, Kansas City favored by 10 points. And typically, I would not take this. Let's just, let's, you know, aside from the fact that, look, I just said I can't trust the Chiefs' defense, the Chiefs are 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five games. They're one and four straight up, I think, in their last five games. So it's why would I be taking them with a double-digit number? It's because of this number that I'm about to give you. In their last three games, the Buffalo Bills have allowed, get ready for this, 135 points. That's 45 points a game. That defense has completely fallen apart. So based on the fact that that defense has completely fallen apart and they got to hit the road and they got to go to Kansas City, who's got a really good offense that's just underperforming right now, take Kansas City minus the 10 points. Total in this game is 46. You could give me a 56-point total in this game and I'm still going to tell you to take the over on it. The two teams are 12 and 8 combined over under. Yes, they've split their last two, but look, this number has to be at least 50 because you have the Chiefs defense that is rather porous, gives up quite a few points. You got Buffalo's defense that has completely imploded. The Buffalo's a better offense, obviously, with Tyrod Taylor, who is undoubtedly going to start this game. If the Bills start Peterman again, then they're just saying our season's done. Like we're just, we're tanking for a better draft pick. That's what they're saying. And Tyrod Taylor will be traded in the offseason. Because if my guy, if I was Tyrod Taylor and I was sitting on the bench and I watched this guy throw five interceptions and then replaced him and then the next game coach was like, no, we're going we're, we're gonna to give the five interception guy another shot. I would be demanding a trade immediately in the offseason. I would say, I will never play another game for this team because clearly you don't want me here. But yeah, this, this number should be way higher than it is. Take over 46 points in Buffalo, Kansas City. 
Let's go to New York now where the Jets are going to play host to the Carolina Panthers. And I think Carolina is a team that I just haven't been giving quite enough respect to. And once again, it's our, this is our first trip to the NFC South. Again, this NFC South, it's the best division in football right now. You got three teams over 500. All four teams in the division are on at least two game win streaks. Spoilers, because Atlanta's playing Tampa, one of those win streaks is going to end. But quite frankly, this week, I would be surprised if it was the Carolina Panthers. Look, 7-3, and three, they've won three straight games. That defense is balling out. Even with the Saints defense balling out as well, Panthers have the best statistical defense in that division. They're 4-1 and one on the road as well. All three of Carolina's losses this season have come against NFC opponents. They've beaten all three AFC opponents that they've played thus far. The Jets, certainly not what one would consider a good football team, but not the dumpster fire that the Miami Dolphins are, or now you can even say the Buffalo Bills. This is something I'm going to say just to make the Jets fans feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You're arguably the second best team in this division. Yeah, Jets have lost both of their games against NFC opponents this season. They're 1-4 and four in their last five. I think this game is Carolina all the way. Let's take the Panthers on the road in New York to beat the Jets on the line. Jets are four and a half point dogs at home, which is going to be a little tempting for people because they're a home dog, because sometimes they do play up to their competition. Sometimes Carolina does play down to their competition. And some people could look at this as a trap game. I'm going to start looking at some of these spreads like this. Look, it's a good team against what one could argue is a bad team because they're under 500 and the good team is favored by less than a touchdown. So in situations like that, take the good team that's favored by less than a touchdown. Again, certainly helps the Carolinas won four of their five road games. Four and a half points is not too many here. Let's take Carolina minus four and a half. Total in this game is 40 points. The two teams are a combined 10 and 10 over under this season. And they've split miraculously. They've split their last six. One does one, the other does the other. Again, another just sort of incredible thing to have happen here that week to week to week to week to week, one team goes over, the other team goes under, and vice versa. It's just strange. So I think we just have to defer to the fact that 40 is a fairly low number. Carolina's offense is capable of putting up big numbers, even now without Samuel, who I believe is done for the year or close to being done for the year. There's more than enough weapons on the Carolina Panthers to put up 30 points in this game. I think the Jets can put up a couple of touchdowns. Let's go over 40 points in Carolina, New York. Let's go to San Francisco now. NFC West matchup of the 49ers playing host to the Seattle Seahawks in a game that I'm sure everyone and their mother is looking at like it's a trap game. And you got to point out, history they have history on their side the people that think this might be a trap game these two teams play each other incredibly close routinely two and three point games when seattle most of the time should be absolutely clobbering them so it can't be discounted that maybe the 49ers are in their head I mean, statistically, everything says the Seahawks are going to run over them in this game. Seahawks, much better offense. Seahawks, much better defense. Over 500 record on the road. Undefeated in the division. 
three and two in their last five, where San Francisco's only one and four. San Francisco has not won a division game yet this season. They're 0 and four. Their one win this year, though, did come at home. I do feel like this game, even though the Seahawks can't protect Russell Wilson worth a damn, that offensive line, that patchwork offensive line, can't protect Wilson worth a damn, I think Wilson's going to be more than able here to dissect that 49ers defense that certainly gives up a ton of yardage and gives up a ton of points. We're going to take the Seahawks on the road in San Francisco to beat the 49ers, and I think this is the game that kind of bucks the trend in terms of these games being really close within a couple of points. On the line, San Francisco, seven-point dog at home. So really, again, people are like, no, we, you need to take that because these two teams play such close games. I'm not. I'm going to take Seattle minus seven. Good team versus a bad team favored by a touchdown or less. It's exactly a touchdown. So if this line went to eight or nine, then I'd probably pop over like the rest of everybody else, I'm sure, and take San Francisco's side of it. But we're going to go Seattle minus seven. They're capable of beating this team by a touchdown or more. And if they don't, they may need to kiss goodbye the potential of winning this division. Not that it would be mathematically impossible, but if they can't beat a one and nine football team, even if they are a division rival, even if they are a team that historically plays them very close, if they can't beat a one and nine football team by more than a touchdown, they probably don't deserve to hang with the Rams. Total in this game is 43 points. The two teams are combined 9 and 11 over under this season. They both went over last week, which means they went into last week 7 and 11 over under, which is a pretty decent indication that the games are trending under. We're going to stay under 43 on this one because it is entirely possible that the trend is not bucked and this is a close defensive battle. So let's go under 43 points in Seattle, San Francisco. Just going to take one more opportunity to say, damn, this watermelon oolong is good. All right, back to the games. Let's go to Oakland now. AFC West matchup. Raiders playing host to the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos have, of course, completely fallen off the rails, getting nothing from their offense, and the defense has been suffering for it. Six straight losses for the Denver Broncos has finally prompted them to make a quarterback change. Paxton Lynch will be starting this game against the Raiders. And based on the Raiders' defense, should have every opportunity to put up points. Statistically speaking, Oakland, one of the worst secondaries in football right now, number 27 overall, giving up well over 250 yards per game through the air. Paxton Lynch will have every opportunity to put up yardage, get first downs, and score points. In the Broncos, you also have an above-average run offense that is going to be, you know, not overly tasked against a Raiders run defense that's really only average in its own right. Certainly, I would say we're going to see at least 100 yards rushing, probably 110 yards rushing as a team from the Broncos. Raiders lost last time out, but it looks like they had at least kind of turned a corner a little bit. They're 2-3 and three in their last five, which is not great, but certainly doesn't have them out of the conversation in this division since the Chiefs have really fallen off the rails so much. Broncos have not won a road game this season, but in an upset special, I think they get it this week. Let's take Denver on the road 
in Oakland to beat the Raiders. I mean, this is obviously, this is definitely an upset. I would say this is the biggest upset of the week, as far as I'm concerned, as Oakland are five-point favorites at home. Even if you like Oakland in this game, I would still recommend going Denver plus five because a division matchup, I think it's going to be closer than that. But I like the Broncos to win, so I'm all over Denver plus five. Total in this game is 43.5 points. The two teams are 11-9 and nine over under on the season, but they both went under last week, which means going into those games, they were 11-7. and seven. I like this game to go over. I think there's going to be points aplenty in this one. I believe Paxton Lynch is the best quarterback option for the Broncos right now. I think he's going to be able to help them put up points. Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders will definitely put up their points. Division matchup, two teams know each other very well. I might not sail over 43.5, but let's go over 43.5 points in Denver, Oakland. Now we come to what is arguably the game of the week. It's not on Thursday. It's not a Thanksgiving game, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving to my American listeners. It's not a Thanksgiving game, but it's definitely the marquee game of the week. I would love it if the NFL would flex this game to the Sunday nighter. Let, let's get this game in a marquee. The New Orleans Saints traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. This is a battle of division leaders right here. The Rams at 7-3, and three, the Saints at 8-2, and two, leading the West and South in the NFC, respectively. These two teams have combined 9-1 over their last 10 football games. Saints riding that incredible 8-game win streak. Offenses, basically comparable. Defenses, Rams have a slight edge, but it's not huge. It's literally about a point a game. So they're basically evened out on the offensive and defensive sides of things. Rams, 3-2 and two at home. Saints, 4-1 and one on the road. How about that? Rams, 4-3 and three against NFC opponents. Good Lord, Saints, 6-1 and one against NFC teams. I just have a quick question before we go any further. How many of you would have tried to put me in an asylum if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, New Orleans would be the number three run offense in football by week 12? I'm willing to bet that it would be all of you. And that is big trouble for the LA Rams who have one of the worst still even though their defense has played rather admirably this season, it's mostly been their secondary, that run defense is still one of the worst run defenses in football. Number 28 overall, giving up a buck 23 per game on the ground. Now, New Orleans, of course, hasn't been fantastic in this category either. They're the number 20 run defense in football, giving up 115 yards per game. So it's not like they're an impregnable run defense either. But that, I think, is really where the difference here is going to be. New Orleans can throw out those change-ups. You know, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, two entirely different backs with different skill sets that can do different things. And I'm just not at all confident that the Rams on the defensive side have the answer for that. Plus, of course, you've got Drew Brees right up there doing it again. Top three pass offense in football. Look, the Rams secondary has been really good this season, but this is going to be one of their stiffest, if not their stiffest task on the defensive side through the air. The game might be in Los Angeles, but I like the road dog in the upset. Let's take the Saints on the road in Los Angeles to beat the Rams. On the line, Saints are two and a half point dogs on the road. Rams, obviously two and a half point favorites at home. 
I'm going to tell you to go New Orleans plus two and a half because I like New Orleans to win the game outright. Total in this game is 53 and a half points. It's the biggest total that we're going to look at this week. Two teams are a combined 12 and eight over under this season. They have split their last three. One goes over, one goes under. And originally I was going to take the under in this game because the Saints defense has played very well, because the Rams defense has played very well. Statistically speaking, two of the best scoring defenses in football up against two of the best scoring offenses in football. So what's going to give? Honestly, I think it's going to be the defenses because again, I don't know that the Rams have any answer on defense for what New Orleans can do on the ground. And even in some of their wins, New Orleans on the road has had a propensity to give up a large number of points. You know, it's, it's kind of a coin flip whether they will or they won't. And if they will, it's certainly uh, more likely against a good offense like you have in the Rams. So it's a big number. It's the biggest number of the week. But let's go over 53 and a half points in New Orleans, Los Angeles. Let's go to Arizona now where the cards are going to play host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Still, I feel a little underrated and still, I think, taking people by surprise. You know, you look at the Jags and you know how good they were playing on the defensive side of the ball. After six games, they were still only three and three. So everybody's like, oh, well, here you go. And I was even starting to feel it a little bit too. Oh, here we go. You know, Jags being Jags. Here we go. But look, they've reeled off four straight wins. They're seven and three. They're at the top of the division. Tennessee is right there at six and four. But right now you got the Jags who definitely have the inside track to winning this division. You take a look at Arizona. They've now lost back-to-back football games. They're sitting at four and six. They've still got a shot to be a 500 football team. Seems like they've made the quarterback change from Drew Stanton to Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert is a better quarterback. Gabbert can move the offense better than Stanton can. That's an upgrade for the Cardinals as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, you look at Arizona, you can't trust the offense. You can't trust the defense. Defense giving up 25 points a game. You just simply cannot trust that against, you know, Jacksonville, who are not only a good offensive team, but their defense scores them points too. Like, how many games has Jacksonville had a defensive touchdown? It's been quite a few. So everybody scores points for Jacksonville, and I think that is not going to change this week. Let's take the Jags, even though they're on the road in Arizona. I like Jacksonville to beat the Cardinals. On the line, Jacksonville favored by five points on the road. Arizona, a five-point dog at home. Once again, good team versus what you can argue is a bad team right now with the good team favored by a touchdown or less. We're going to take Jacksonville minus five. Certainly doesn't hurt that Arizona only 2-7-1 and one against the spread this season. So let's take Jacksonville minus five. Total in this game is 38 points. These two teams combine for the worst over-under record that we're going to look at this week, just 7-13. and 13. The two teams split last week, but I'm actually going to tell you to go over on this. It's such a low number. It's tied for the lowest number we're going to look at this week. Three games actually with the same total of exactly 38 points. I think you take the over in this one. Jacksonville can certainly score points. If Jacksonville gets themselves a defensive touchdown... I think this number, it might not fly over, and I don't think it will fly over, but let's take over 38 points in Jacksonville, Arizona. And the last game we're going to look at before we get to the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 12 sees the Baltimore Ravens at home 
playing host to the Houston Texans. This game no longer has the gravitas that you would have expected it to have with Deshaun Watson at quarterback for Houston. That obviously is not the case. You got the Ravens who are only a 500 football team. But with that said, that defense still playing pretty incredibly by and large this season. Were it not for the Steelers, they'd be head and shoulders the best defense in that division. Houston, their defense has not shown up in the absence of Deshaun Watson. It hasn't completely fallen apart, but their defense should be better than Tennessee's. And statistically speaking, it's not. Look, Texans did win last time out. They're two and three in their last five. Ravens also won last time out. Ravens also two and three in their last five. Ravens have a slight edge with better record against AFC opponents four and three versus just three and four for the Houston Texans. But I think one of the larger edges here, Houston has not been a good road team this season. They've only won one of their four games, which means three of their six losses, half their losses have come on the road. Texans have a lot of road games left on their schedule. They've already played six of their eight home games, so they've got a lot of road games left on the schedule. It's certainly not an easy one here for Baltimore, who plays most of the rest of their games at home for the rest of the season. So Baltimore might be a nice little quiet pick there for an AFC wildcard, certainly looking at the number six seed being wide open. I think you got to take Baltimore in this one. I think they're the healthier of the two football teams. They're at home, which is definitely an advantage for them. I think it's going to be a tight game, relatively low scoring. Let's take Baltimore at home to beat Houston. Even though, and I will full well admit this, Houston's got the better stars. But I think Baltimore, top to bottom, is a better football team. On the line, Baltimore favored by seven points at home, full touchdown, This is not one of those games where it's a good team against a bad team. These are just two kind of middling football teams. One is not significantly better than the other. Like if one is not like 20%, Baltimore's not like 20, 25% better than Houston is. I think it's like five, 10%, something like that. Like they're, they're comparable football teams. So for Baltimore to be favored by a full touchdown, that's too much for me. We're going to go Houston plus seven. Also worth pointing out, the Texans are 4-2 against the spread as underdogs of anything this season. Certainly by a touchdown or more. So the fact that they've uh, won two of every three games against the spread this season where they're an underdog, I really like Houston plus 7 in this one. Let's go Houston plus 7 at Baltimore. Total in this game is 38 points. The two teams are a combined 12 and 8 over under and have split their last three. So one goes over, one goes under. Again, low total. I said just a little bit ago, I think this is going to be a relatively low scoring game. Do I think it's going to be that low? Does either team have a realistic shot at getting to 20 points? I think both teams have a realistic shot at getting to 20 points because you can't discount what Houston is capable of doing on the ground and through the air with their big stars. So 38 points, again, I, it's too few for me. I don't think it sails over, but we're going to go over 38 points in Houston, Baltimore. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 12, 2017-2018 NFL season. Let's do it. We're going to start with the bronze pick, which is 9-2 straight up, 5-6 against the spread, and only 1-9-1 on the over-under, which means it is no longer possible to get back to 500 with the bronze pick 
against or uh, over under, sorry, this season. So wah, wah, we have to watch that ship sink into the ocean. My bronze pick sees the Philadelphia Eagles at home playing the Chicago Bears. And the reason that this pick is not higher, well, I mean, I put Philly really high in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks last week. So I don't like to do that two weeks in a row. But moreover, I feel pretty confident in this game, except for the fact that, look, Chicago, there are no scrubs on defense. Like, Chicago can play some defense. The offense has its problems, but Chicago can ball out and play some defense. But look, the Eagles are just, look at what the Eagles are doing right now. Like, the Eagles are running over everybody. They went into a division matchup last week and ran over their primary division rival. I realize that that's not the same football team. If Zeke Elliott was in there for Dallas, that game's probably a whole different story, but he wasn't, and Philly just continues to build their confidence. Carson Wentz continues to build his MVP resume for this season. I really like Philly in this game. You got to take Philly at home. Uh, Basically, anytime you get them, I think you got to take Philly at home. I think the Super Bowl matchup goes through Philadelphia this season. Keeps rolling this week. Let's take the Eagles at home to beat the Bears. Looking at the lines and just some spoilers here for going forward. Uh, every total, every line in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks this week is at least 10 points. Shoot me. On the line, the Eagles favored by 14 points at home. And originally I was like, no way. Chicago plus 14. You know it. Here we go. And I dug a little bit deeper. The Bears are only one and three against the spread as an underdog of a touchdown or more. That does not fill me with confidence. The Eagles are four and one against the spread at home. That does not fill me with confidence, except for the fact that that made me switch my pick. And that's just me being 100% transparent. The numbers indicated to me that Philly's probably going to cover this. I feel like I'm disrespecting the Bears a little bit, who are not a terrible football team. They're not a good or a gr- certainly not a great football team. But look, I, I do think that the Bears are better than being a 14-point underdog, but Philadelphia has earned this. So let's go Philadelphia minus 14 at home against Chicago. Total in this game is 44 points. Two teams are 10 and 10 over under this season and split last week. But if I have Philadelphia winning this game by at least two touchdowns, I've got to take the over. I've got to double down on that and go over 44 points. So Philadelphia beats Chicago straight up. I like Philly minus 14 on the line over 44 points. That's the bronze pick. But seriously, these spreads, it looks like I'm making college picks. My silver pick where I am 8-3 straight up and against the spread and 4-7 and on the over-under sees the Atlanta Falcons playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. And Atlanta, it certainly does look like their offense is back to where it was last season. Now you have to understand in saying that there is definitely a caveat. The opponent defenses that they've played over the last couple of weeks haven't exactly been great. So I'm sure those defenses have helped make Atlanta's offense look that much better. But still, Atlanta definitely trending in the right direction. You take a look at the Bucs. It looks like Jameis Winston is not going to be in again this week. Bucks, they have won two games in a row. They're going in the right direction. Again, every team in this division has at least a two-game win streak. But also, you take a look at Tampa Bay's opponents in those two games and not exactly anything to write home about. 
Add on to that, the Bucks are only 1-4 and four on the road this season and have lost both of their games within the division. This is only Atlanta's second division game, which means their schedule for the rest of the season is tough because they're going to have a bunch of division games in there. But this is certainly a winnable one for them. I think they're going to win this football game. Let's take Atlanta at home to beat Tampa Bay. On the line, once again, Atlanta favored by 10 points at home. And originally, I was like, I'm going to take Tampa Bay's side of that because I know that Atlanta's been doing good things on the offensive side, and that offense looks better and looks like they're back. But is it enough that I give them credit for a 10-point or more spread? And then I remembered, oh, right, it's the Bucks. Bucks are giving up about 23 points per game on the defensive side of the ball, and Atlanta has scored at least 25 points in three of their last four games. I think Atlanta certainly gets to 25 points, probably gets to 30. And then the question is, do I think Tampa Bay gets to 20? Not necessarily. So we're going to go Atlanta minus 10 at home against Tampa Bay. Total in this game is 49 points. The two teams are 9 and 11 over under this season, but they both went over last time out, which means they went into those games 7 and 11. Once again, total here is 49 points. I think we're going to get plenty from Atlanta. Don't know what we're going to get from Tampa Bay. So we're going to stay under on that number, under 49 points. So Atlanta straight up to beat Tampa Bay. Atlanta minus 10 on the line, under 49 points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 8-3 straight up, 6-5 over under, and 7-4 and against the spread. So certainly my most successful pick here is the gold pick. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the Green Bay Packers. No way I would be touching this game with a 50-foot pole if Aaron Rodgers was still Green Bay's quarterback. Doesn't look like he's going to be this season. So it looks like it's Brett Hundley. And part of the problem with this and part of the reason I'm so confident in the Pittsburgh Steelers is that Brett Hundley is a turnover machine. And Green Bay has had to adjust their game plan so much to try and protect their quarterback, in a way, hide their quarterback. And that's not the way Green Bay plays football. They're not used to it. They don't know how to do it. And I think Pittsburgh is going to jump in this game. I think Pittsburgh's going to feast on them. So look, Pittsburgh, they got to what, 40 points last week. So maybe their offense has turned a corner, figured out who they are against Tennessee, a better defense, I would argue, than Green Bay's. So you got to like Pittsburgh all day here. I like the Steelers at home to beat the Packers. On the line, Pittsburgh favored by two full touchdowns, just like Philadelphia. Isn't that interesting? Both Pennsylvania-based teams are favored by two full touchdowns this week. That's interesting. So Pittsburgh minus 14. Look, the Steelers are only two and four against the spread as favorites of a touchdown or more. So that doesn't exactly fill me with confidence. But once again, it's Green Bay's turnovers. Brett Hundley is not going to be able to throw the ball on the Steelers' secondary. And it doesn't look like they're going to have a run game because Aaron Jones is out. Ty Montgomery is doubtful. He'd be questionable at best. And if he's in there, he's probably going to be limited. So they're going to be back to, what was the guy's name? Was it Jamal Williams or something? And he did not look good last week. So I can't imagine Green Bay is going to be able to establish any kind of run game in this game, which is going to force Brett Hundley to throw the ball more, which means probably a couple of interceptions. I think this is Pittsburgh's game all the way. I actually think this is probably the least... Well, no, I was going to say the least close game this week, but we still have one more to talk about. So pretty damn close. We're going to take Pittsburgh minus 14 against Green Bay. 
Total in this game is 41.5 points. The two teams are only 8-12 and 12 over under this season and have split their last four, but go over 41 because I'm sure Green Bay finds some way into the end zone. So they probably get 10, maybe 13 points in this game. Pittsburgh, probably a lock for 30, I would say. So let's go over this one to be safe. So Pittsburgh straight up beats Green Bay in Pittsburgh. We like Pittsburgh minus 14 over 41 and a half points. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick where I am eight and three straight up, five and six against the spread as well as over under. That sees this week the New England Patriots play host to the Miami Dolphins. I don't think I have to say anything. Patriots are the Patriots. The Dolphins defense has completely imploded. Matt Moore is going to be the quarterback this week. So take New England. On the line, Patriots are favored by a stupid 16 and a half points. And they're going to cover it. New England's last two games, they would have pushed on a minus 24. That's how dominant the Patriots are playing right now. Miami is going to have nothing for them. Miami could be shut out in this game. (laughs) I I mean, again, New England's definitely going to cover the 16 and a half. That is a 100% definite bet your house on it. New England's going to cover that 16 and a half points. So we'll take New England minus the 16 and a half. Total in this game is 47 and a half points. The two teams are 10 and 10 combined over under this season. They split last week. Take the over because New England might cover that number on their own. Miami on defense also will have nothing for Tom Brady and the Patriots. So New England straight up at home to beat Miami. New England minus 16 and a half on the line over 47 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. All right, folks, there are your picks straight up against the spread and over under for week 12, 2017, 2018 NFL season. It's time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week 11 video is going to go to my fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator, Andrew Warren. Andrew Warren wrote, the Patriots Raiders game is a road game for both teams as it's in Mexico City in Aztec Stadium this week. Once again, I'm terrible at picking out when the NFL games are being played anywhere other than the United States. Great show, Justin. Good luck this week. I do think the Eagles will win against Dallas. No Ezekiel, no win for Dallas. And that's pretty well where it begins and ends with the Cowboys, except for this week because I like them to win. Andrew Warren, yours is the comment of the week from the week 11 video. That's going to do it for me this week, folks, but I'm going to get you out of here on my pick for the 105th Grey Cup. Now, this is the championship game of the Canadian Football League. Of course, I've been talking about the CFL all season since we started. We went 0-2 picking the games last week in the CFL. So this is the exact opposite of the Grey Cup matchup that I thought there was going to be. I thought we were going to see a matchup of Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Instead, we're seeing a matchup of the Calgary Stampeders taking on the Toronto Argonauts. So the fact that I was 0-2 means I'm only 19-25 and picking the CFL straight up this season. But let's finish on a good note and correctly pick the Grey Cup. You got Calgary, 13-4-1, champions of the West Division. You've got Toronto, 9-9, champions of the East Division. 
Calgary, 6-1-1 against teams from the East. Toronto, just 3-7 against teams from the West. These two teams played each other twice this season. Week 7, Calgary won the game 41-24. Week 10, Calgary won the game 23-7. And Calgary is going to win the 105th Grey Cup. I'm going to take the Stampeders to beat the Argonauts in Ottawa for the 105th Grey Cup. The Calgary Stampeders will be your Grey Cup champions. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. I hope week 11 was more successful for you than it was for me. I hope you enjoy the games in week 12. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to my American listeners. Y'all mean the world to me. Have a good time. Be safe. Enjoy your families and enjoy that delicious, delicious turkey. Enjoy the Thursday games. Enjoy the whole slate of games in week 12. And we'll see you again in week 13.